0: Good to see you. Glad you're here on this holiday weekend. Let's stand up. I'm Billy. I'm one of your pastors here. Great day to come in and thank God for all we have, right? Have a Good day. Missy's gonna lead us in this first song called O Sing. Let's sing it together. We come alive. Here we go. We
1: come alive to magnify the praises of our God. The rocks cry out if we don't shout the praises of God. Our God, there's nothing that can stand against the praises of our God. We will defeat the enemy with the praises of our God. Oh, sing praise
2: to our God, for His name is worthy, worthy. Oh, sing praise to our God. Worthy, worthy of worthy
1: of sing praise to our
2: our God. God
0: We sang this uh, last week as you were walking in. A song called Your Love Never Fails. It's a great reminder that, guys, everything changes. All kinds of stuff happens in life, but one thing remains constant, and it's God. Yeah, it's a great reminder for us today.
2: I sing this together. Nothing can separate. can't separate even if I ran away your love never fails I know I still make mistakes but have new mercies for me every day there may be pain in the night but joy comes
0: Seat.
3: We'll continue in worship. Morning, Hope Bell. Great to have you here on this Fourth of July weekend. This Tuesday, we will celebrate our nation's independence, our birthday. I was, I was doing the math. I think we're up to 241 years old. So great time, and so glad, so grateful to God that we get to gather here for worship freely. And just another blessing uh, of our nation. Speaking of blessings, we are coming off a great Bible Camp week. Last week, phenomenal, yeah. We had uh, three, four uh, 465 campers throughout the week. That's uh, preschool age all the way up through fifth grade. Phenomenal, and around 50 of those that we're aware of made very significant spiritual decisions to trust In Jesus Christ which is awesome and just thinking of all that they got to experience and hearing about God's great love and care for them in addition we had 325 volunteers throughout the week teens and adults which to me is great as well tells me that you as a church are invested in our ministry as a matter of fact if you volunteered for Bible camp this past week would you go ahead and stand All right, let's give him a hand. Thank you. Um, I could have just said, turn and look for the people with bags under their eyes. That would have kind of did the same thing. So a lot of just tireless work and just so appreciative of what you've done. And, you know, one of the things that I just love about this church is so many of you 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 dive in and you're all in and it's not just a few people carrying the load but everybody finds a place and serves out of their love for jesus which is phenomenal speaking about our love for jesus we want to continue in worship and uh, in this time of offering and ask that the ushers Come forward. You know, we view this time as a time of worship. If you're visiting with us, so glad you're here. You know, don't feel like you've got to give. The plate passes by. If you want to, great. But honestly, we view this as, you know, an opportunity to worship God. And, you know, it's through giving like this that makes events like last week possible. So thank you that as you give, God's word continues to be spread among all ages, among all generations in our community and beyond. So with that in mind, bow your heads with me. Let's pray together. Lord, we're gathered here today because your love never fails. That even in our highs and lows, even in our incredible inconsistency and messiness, there's the faithfulness, the faithful, loving Sacrificial, pursuing love of Jesus that holds on to us, that will never let go, that will never leave us nor forsake us. And thank you for the freedom and confidence that gives us that we can come here, flawed as we are, but righteous in your sight. And God, you're continuing to change us. And because of that, we just give you our worship, what we do here, but what we do throughout the week as well. And so, even now, as we turn our hearts to giving, we do this as an act of worship as well. Realizing that as we worship you, not only are you honored, but others are blessed. So thank you that in those kind of blessings, uh, we're just grateful for the the gospel seeds that were scattered and sown last week into the hearts and lives of children and their families. And we pray that those would take root and, and bear fruit for your glory, God, and that Um, children who who know Jesus would continue to grow in that relationship. And that's our heart, too. We're here, God, because we're not satisfied. We don't want to settle. We don't want to throw our faith into cruise control, but we just want to be open to where the Holy Spirit wants to lead us, grow us, take us, and guide us. So, God, we're yours, and we give you this, these gifts, this service, our lives to you, all in the name of Jesus. Amen.
2: and sing together how the Lord fathers the orphan. stay the same
0: stillness of a moment may you accept our praise and our thankfulness for all that you've done may we never grow weary of gathering to tell you God thank you may we never grow weary of gathering to have moments where we hear from you again about this life that you desire for us to live and the life that's to come so uh, God thank you for these moments in worship and uh, we ask your blessing on our time in the word in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, gang, before you have a seat, tell somebody high around you. We'll see you back in a sec. Thanks.
3: Great morning. Thanks. Yeah, yeah it's a good one. Excellent. Hey, uh, Billy and I want to talk to you today about worship. I want to talk about worship and maybe to start, you know, have a little delayed welcome for you. You've been here about four months, been on board. It's been great to have you. I think this would be a good time to let people know maybe a little more about your background and then just God's work in your life to, to lead you to becoming a, a worship pastor. Yeah, thanks.
0: Hi gang. Uh, <laughs> been a been a great enjoy it while yeah, lasts. I know, yeah. it it does. It's gonna be over soon. The honeymoon will be over, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, thanks so much. You know, you guys have been so affirming to me and to my wife and to our ministry here and my ministry and thank you so much for um your kindness. Really appreciate that. And um yeah, uh just from little conversations and all kinds of little things it's been great to just feel like hope fails home <laughs> uh, geez I feel like we've been here for four years not four months yeah. you know so mm-hmm. really feels like uh, it's pretty great pretty great feeling so uh, well yeah I um, I'll tell you a little bit of my story and how I came to be here so we're going to talk about worship today we're gonna talk about um, uh, how God has designed us and what he's designed us for to be worshipers so um, Leading up to that for my journey, um, I uh, I kind of hearken back to uh, the book of Joshua in the Old Testament where, um, you know, uh, there were altars of remembrance built with rocks. And kids would come up to their moms or their dads and they'd say, what is this? Why is this built like this? And it would give them the chance to say, hey, this is when God did this. And we remember this rock helps us remember that. Some people have rocks in their home, like they just call them like a, or some people have like a Joshua wall at home or like a quilt of remembering milestones in people's lives. So I've got a few. I'll count them off for you. One, my first uh, altar of remembrance, my first milestone, I think was 11 years old uh, when I um, did what I call the life insurance piece. And made uh, Jesus and uh, Lord of my life in a way where I felt like I knew there was a heaven and I knew there was a hell. I knew there was a devil, and I didn't want to go to hell. And um, it was a very powerful move, uh, movement for me in my life. And all these kids at the seven, eight, nine were doing that, and I just wasn't ready for that at that time. And uh, but it sort of hit me square in between the eyes at eleven. At fifteen, second milestone for me, second altar of remembrance. Um, I was at a Bible camp, and God really, like Christian words, got a hold of my heart, got a hold of my life, and um, he got my attention. And I knew it was then and there that I had to live for God every day. It wasn't just a life insurance piece at 11. It was a live for God every day, make Jesus my Lord and master every day. So that was 15 years old, and then throughout that journey, it was 12, I started playing drums in the church, I ran out all the gray hairs, and they got upset, and... You know, I could say gray hairs now because I have a few. And <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was not a good transition in my youth on how we did uh, transition from old school worship to new school worship when all those worship wars were mm-hmm. happening back in the 80s and 90s. And, and they really don't exist a whole lot anymore, but they do. And um, any anyway, rate, I started playing drums at 12 and guitar and piano and started leading worship at 15. And so when I really got serious on my faith was 15, that's at second... Uh, altar of remembrance for me. My third, uh, I would say, was I, when I was uh, 21 and my mom passed away. Um, I'll be uh, 43 next month, so that was over half my life ago. Mm. And uh, so that was, that was a tough deal. I, uh, so many people in here have experienced loss. You know what it's like. But at 21, you're, in my mind, I was still a kid. You know, I'm still trying to figure out life. You're trying to figure out what you're doing. I realized then that I, God had to be my rock and not my mom and not my parents or, not my, or my family, but God had to be my, my source. So that was a very powerful thing in my life. 23, next milestone, I met my wife. Uh, we met in music school, so we, we never really say we dated. We say we auditioned for each other. That so. was <laughs> 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 pretty funny. So, yeah, that's a good story if you ever want to hear that yeah. one. That would be a whole other sermon, okay. not a sermon. So anyway, that was a big, big moment in my life at 23, and um, yeah, and then 25 I got married. That was another great milestone. And then when I was um, uh, 40, I had my little girl. Like my wife and I had been together for 20, 20 years, and all of a sudden this. Uh, well, we've been together 20 years now, but uh, two years ago she was born, a little over two years ago. And my goodness, I mean, you're all our parents in here. You know, totally life changing. Totally like. Heart just out of the chest moment, and that was powerful that was awesome so like those are my that 's kind of my journey but uh, and the things that happen, but as a worship leader and as a person who 's been in church, i've led worship in small churches, big churches and and I love every minute of it i don 't care if it 's a group of ten people or a few hundred people or a thousand people or whatever it's a it 's a blast to be able to do that, and I love it i love loved every minute of it. I knew at fifteen um, I was when I started leading worship uh, that God would design me to do this for the rest of my life, whether it would be a professional thing like I do now, professional Christian, I don't know. You know, so like, uh, I, knew, I knew that God would be calling me into ministry this way where I would have a, a lifelong opportunity to help people um, touch the divine, help people experience God. I cry even talking about it. I can't help it. I'm sorry. Uh, help people experience God, help people know that there's something beyond all this. Uh, And, yeah, I live for that. I live for Sundays. I live for all of you to come to church. I'm like, oh, cool, another opportunity. Let's all point Mm. up and feel like the bus driver sometimes. I'm like, guys, roll down your window. Look that way.
2: Whoa! All
0: right. So,
3: yeah. I'm glad you're driving the bus because I'd be the kind going. Would you shut up, man? So you are you are so in the right position. But so thinking about that, looking up piece. This is a great transition because yeah. I think uh, sometimes there's a lot of confusion about the the word worship and that maybe in church circles we sometimes you know equate worship and music and put them all together. So let's take music. Let's set music aside for a minute and just talk about the word worship and and how profound and how big that is and what worship means to you or your understanding of it as you see it in scripture
0: wow yeah i um worship uh, defined by one of my favorite um, authors and uh, worship theologians he says worship is a response Worship is a response to God's grace and mercy toward us. Mm. Worship is living a life of response of God's grace and mercy toward us. It's a very powerful thing. Um, to yeah, Your little kid, somebody does something for you and your parents say, what do you say? You say, thank you. Thank you. That's what worship is. God has done something and we come and say thank you. Yeah. That's what, It can really be boiled down to that. It's just a response to say thank you. And I think about um, how I don't know if you're new to church, uh, I don't know if you're, you're, you're new to this experience of what we do and how we do it, but um, you're entering into a, 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 if you're considering faith and considering a journey, you're entering into a lifelong uh, process of realizing that we are part of such a grand story. Hmm. And the story that we're part of is really, the Bible can, uh, a lot of theologians can separate the Bible into two chunks. They, they say there's an Old Testament Exodus event and a New Testament Christ event. In the Old Testament Exodus event, the book of Exodus, we realize where Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, from the bondage of slavery, and uh, they were freed. And so God revealed himself, he redeemed his people, and the people responded. Three R's, it kind of makes it easy to remember. God revealed himself, he redeemed his people, and the people in a gathering responded in worship and said, thank you. It's kind of our first prototype of worship, so we can understand it that way. And the New Testament is uh, called the Christ event, so Exodus event and Christ event. God revealed himself through, through Jesus. He redeemed himself through Jesus' work, his life, uh, his work and his life and his death on the cross and his resurrection. And so the people respond. So the, the New Testament has Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the Bible, and then there's the book of Acts. And the book of Acts, that's where Christianity just blew up. So people responded, and there's several times in the book of Acts where it says, and the Lord added to their number daily. And so there's this response of people that they had of of believing in Jesus and responding to Jesus for what he did for them that's pretty huge. So um, I think about this uh, revelation, redemption, response piece. That's a big one uh, when it comes to all things worship.
3: And, and we, we sit behind, or between, I, actually, what, there's a third redemption coming, yeah. right, where, where Jesus will come again. So we look back, we anchor ourselves in the work of Christ, and we look forward to his return again. You know, I think of worship, um, there's a passage that comes to mind, uh, Psalm uh, 153, or 143, um, 145 verse 3, sorry about that. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Worship is seeing God in, in all his greatness. I think we have a tendency in, in human nature to want to bring him down to our level, to make him explainable, understandable, controllable. We can know him, and yet he is not fully known, completely known, because his greatness, his goodness, who he is, what he's done for us, no one can fully fathom right holy that's why we worship that's why i love that you said the word respond right worship is not coming here primarily what we can get yeah it's what we can give it's us directing our hearts upward to the lord and it's not just limited to sundays you know uh, romans 12 verse 1 therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god this is your true and proper worship This is what Paul says in Romans 12.1, and it's this idea that all of life is worship, that we are to live as Christians saved by the grace of God, these holy and pleasing lives to God, which means it's not just limited to our gathering on Sundays, but it's all throughout the week. This whole 168 principle we've been talking about, uh, you know, last fall into this year, where every hour of the week, every area of our life, surrendered to the Lord, and that is an opportunity for worship as well
0: you know i wasn't here for that series but i love the whole idea of 168 everybody says 24 7 but they get old 168 it's nice. like what is that you yeah. know people see the bumper sticker well we can that? do the math right now 24 yeah.
3: times seven is, i yes. love it yeah no, I, mean, I didn't do so i can't i, I, I wasn't know, so good I in know, math I, in school I, that's so. good yeah.
0: why do you have to bring that up Dan? i know just
3: just keep driving the bus <laughs> billy it, just well, keep <laughs> driving the bus <laughs> that's, that's
0: good. so um one more thing you know um I've talked to worship leaders and a lot and uh, about a philosophy of worship. You know, what's your philosophy? And and you know, when I think of worship too, just to add one more deal here, I, you know, I think of John 12, Jesus said, if I be worshiped, I'll draw all men to me. Mm. You know, and I will, so if you worship me, if, if you respond to me in thanks, I'll do the other part and lead people to me. Uh, Psalm 40 verse three says, he's put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God, that many will see and fear and put their trust in the mm. Lord. So h- worship, he's put a new song in my mouth for him, a praise to our God, evangelism, that many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. So it's like, if we, if we worship, if we live lives of worship, if not just here and here, but if we're out, you know, uh, your next door neighbor needs their grass cut because they broke their foot, we can worship God by doing that and they can be like, wow, why are they so giving? Why are they so helpful? Because it's Jesus in you and you've responded to Jesus' call to be a light and to be a help and to be a blessing and Jesus will draw all men to Him because you've loved and you've been a blessing. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a real philosophy and a head, uh, a head, uh, a real mindset of man. If we worship God, will do the rest. I got this tattoo on my arm. It's in Matthew 6:33. If you put God first, everything else will work itself out in the wash. You know, it really will. Uh, and I've experienced that time and time again. So,
3: good. Um, so, with that kind of foundation of worship in place, let's bring music back into the, the picture and try to put them back together. Because music is powerful and it really does play a unique role in, in worship. So what does that mean to you and just where worship fits in or music fits into worship?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, worship and music are like two different things. And they're, they're, they're so very different. Music is just used as a tool to help us worship. But like I said, we worship in so many different ways. You know, you can cut your neighbor's grass. And that can be a worshipful act or or whatever it is. But um, it begs another question. Why is music so, uh, why does it affect us so much? Dan and I were talking about this, and I thought of this story uh, earlier this week. I thought of a, maybe you guys have seen it on uh, Facebook or YouTube, somewhere online. Um, There's an older gentleman, and he had Alzheimer's, uh, dementia, It's uh, it's very close to my heart. My grandfather had that, and that's what he ended up passing away from. it's a very near and dear disease to our family, a tough thing to watch. Um, and we cared for him for years. So, but there's this thing about a song. They, they did this video about this gentleman, and he didn't know his name, he couldn't speak, he really didn't do anything. But when music came on from uh, his younger years and from his earlier era years, he would start to sing. And it was pretty amazing. And, and, you know, psychologists, they start talking about, like, how music is this, like, deep-rooted, deep-seated thing that's, like, lodged into our systems. But there's something so emotional and something so connected to the way we experience music. And it's no wonder God gave us that tool, gang, to help us experience him. So, you know, you think of the word nostalgia, you know, and uh, clearly there's a nostalgia involved when it comes to why music affects us so much. You know, everybody has a song that Takes them back, you know. Um, maybe it's in the 60s, 70s, or 80s. If you're here a few weeks ago, you heard some 80s love songs. Those took me back. Maybe they took you back too. Who knows? But um, you know, moments when you had a first love, or moments when you first met with God, or a season, or a time when you first had an experience with something that affected you so deeply. Some associations can be negative too. You know, there's an old saying: When the devil fell out of heaven, he landed in the choir loft. Uh, and that, that can be explained because uh, Lucifer, for all intents and purposes in heaven, was the chief worship leader. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but the devil was the, was the worship leader in heaven. And uh, maybe he thought he could do it better. I do not think I can do this better, than <laughs> trust me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe Lucifer thought he could do it better, and God went, mm-mm. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, it's no wonder why the devil can stir up so much in the way that people connect with God through music, oh
1: yeah, you
0: know, yeah. and through things that make them feel God so deeply, and um, or through a worship service or how it's different, you know, people's, people's feathers can get ruffled very easily, you know, and uh, so like style is a big deal for yeah people sometimes.
3: Yeah, and you know, it's interesting you mentioned style because I think we, you know, here at Hopeville made the conscious choice that even though we have multiple services they'll be the same style. Yep. You know, there's a sense when we gather, everyone is making a concession, you know, that yeah. maybe certain people like certain style or, or this group likes, you know, and we, maybe we do that with, you know, Student Ministries does have their own and Young at Hearts has, you know, him sings monthly as well. But when we gather together, we're setting style aside, realizing it's not about music, it's ultimately about worship. Totally.
0: You know, and music is, you know, it's like a buffet, right, guys? You know, you can go to a, a, a Chinese buffet, which I adore, by the way. <laughs> if you ever see me there, high five me, because I'm like, I'm in my zone. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter loves it, too. So <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, moving on. So.
3: Um, Where is this guy yeah, going? Yeah, what's says, happening? Um, Why am
0: I here? What's? Yeah, you guys want to go eat? I don't know. <laughs> So, uh, music is like a buffet. A lot of people like a lot of different tastes. I don't like cilantro, it tastes like soap. Who doesn't like cilantro? <laughs> Mexican food, yeah. A lot of people love cilantro. They totally dig cilantro. My wife loves it. And she knows if we're ever making some at home, we don't put cilantro on mine. She has cilantro on hers. So there's different tastes for everybody. Everybody relates to God in a musical way differently. I guess that's all I'm trying to say. And that's okay. It's okay that God relates differently. Let me tell you something about the Old Testament and the New Testament again. Let's go back to a couple of distinctions. Um, In the Old Testament, a lot of people expected a very other than, a very different experience in worshiping God and experiencing God, a very synagogue-like, ceremonial-type experience. In the New Testament, we have the example of Paul at Mars Hill where he was using the language of the people and using their vernacular and speaking to them in such a way where they could understand things and he could relate to them. So he's being relevant, right? So it um, kind of gives us reason to be relevant in our music and in our art and in our communication of what Jesus did and who he is and our communication back to him. So um, which way is right? You know, the Old Testament synagogue ceremonial way of worship or a New Testament Mars Hill relevant way of worship?
3: in john 4 the the woman at the well where they were talking about you know god is present on this mountain or this mountain and jesus says there's a time and it is now when the people god's people will worship in spirit and in truth right transcendent of a
0: that's what it's about yeah Yeah. either way are acceptable to god you know but it's about about spirit and truth and coming to god in spirit and truth in our worship yeah and you know music there's a soothing thing that happens in music too with all that you know like we know that uh, King David played his harp for Saul when Saul was feeling ill, and, and that soothed him. And So music is really a gift, but it's yeah. not worship. We can't get caught up in the association of music. It's not worship, so it's good. a good, good reminder for good. us.
3: So when we come together for worship in this place corporately, you know, talk about that and why it's important for us to share a collective experience on a Sunday as opposed to just you know, going off into our own corners and doing our own things.
0: Yeah, you know, um, people have often used the phrase, you know, I don't have to go to church to worship, uh, to worship God. It's a true statement. You don't have to go to church to worship God. You can meet with God by yourself. God met with Moses at the burning bush by himself. God met with a lot of people individually by themselves. But there's a work of God's movement. There's a work of God's spirit that happens, and we see it all throughout Scripture. And I've experienced it through my life, too, in a gathering. Where, when we come together and worship God and lift our voices to Him and respond to Him as a people, that God hears us as a people. Mm. Even says in Chronicles that uh, God says, you know, if you'll, if if you if you will if you will worship me, basically, I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal heal your land. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, there's this sense of you as a people, the we, the us, the we adore you, the you know, Jesus, we love you, oh how we love you. You are the one our hearts adore, so it's an our thing. You know, you could do the I thing, but the we thing, the our thing, is a big deal. So that first prototype in worship, like we talked about in Exodus, where Jesus, uh, jesus he, was, he, well, he existed, he was in heaven, but not here yet, where God uh, used Moses to free the Israelites out of Egypt, that was like kind of the first prototype of the first gathering of worship. And so we see several different gatherings throughout Scripture where people worship God, And where God was pleased with his people and so um, yeah you can worship God by yourself but you're gonna have a much greater experience when you worship God with other people it's gonna be way more powerful and I think there's something to be said about iron sharpening iron and encouraging other and walking this life of faith with each other and that's why community groups are such a big deal here shout out Shannon wherever you are preach about community groups so uh, it's a big deal why we when we do life together that we're better together, and we experience God and together in greater ways. You guys know what it's like when you talk with a friend. They're telling you something different. You're like, wow, I never would have thought of that. It's the same thing when we're together at church, when we're together in community groups, and why it's so important that we worship together and encourage each other and challenge each other.
3: And I think, uh, you know, worshiping together reminds us that we are part of something so much bigger than just ourselves. And we talk a lot here at Hopeville about being the small C local church of Jesus Christ. But we are part of the big C universal Church of Jesus Christ that exists all over the world. Yeah. Believers who, whose styles may be different but their sincere love for the Lord is the same. And then also those who have gone generations before us. With saints in heaven, we are part of this. So it puts us in you know, God's massive salvation program that he is accomplishing from eternity past to eternity future. And it's very humbling. You know, I was thinking of uh, Psalm 95. Come, let us Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. There is power in we when we come together for worship. That's right.
0: Well, you know, I think about um, the we piece and the us piece and the how we worship, though. You know, that's that's who, but how, uh, you know, my mind quickly turns to how. And uh, I, I put this little booklet together. It's called uh, Being a Lead Worshipper. There's a lot of s- stolen material that I've paraphrased, and it's not published. It's just something I put together for worship leaders to so talk to them about uh, how we worship and what we do in worship and uh, to help people Help people worship greater in a deeper way. And um, you notice, like, when we're singing, I'm saying, like, guys, we've got to believe this. There's a reason why we say this. There's a reason why we're saying um, these things over and over uh, to help us be reminded that um, God is our helper and God is uh, amazing and our maker. So um, there, there's a lot in here. There's philosophy of worship, a couple of the scriptures I mentioned, a few that Dan mentioned um, as well. There's a There's a chapter in here that talks about. Uh, worship expressions about how we worship. Dan Dozer wrote a book called Come Let Us Adore Him. And it's his, uh, I believe it's his 12th chapter uh, where he talks about worship as a verb. He quotes my uh, favorite worship guru, Robert Weber, that I talked about. How worship is a response. Worship is a verb. My mother used to say love is an action word. So love is a doing thing. Love is not a saying thing. Mm-hmm. It's a doing thing. It's a verb. It's an action uh, with love. And worship is very much like that, too. It's not just coming together to say thank you. It's living a life that responds to God's grace and mercy toward us. So, um, and, and in that way, in living a life that responds to God's grace and mercy toward us, in this, uh, in this little uh, chapter, he talks about how there's different ways we can worship God. There are physical expressions, there are verbal expressions, there are nonverbal expressions, there are silent expressions. He talks about how we can worship God in prayer, how we can speak out in worship, saying things like amen in an assembly. Uh, that's not just for the charismatic people. That's a biblical thing. Uh, play, Amen. Hey, there's one. Uh, there's a place for silence in worship. And Hymnbacker too says, "The Lord in his holy, is in His holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before Him." Um, and in 1 Kings, Elijah heard uh, the voice of God not amid dramatic turbulence, but in stark silence, but in still small voice. Physical expressions of worship: standing in worship is a big deal in Scripture. Bowing in worship is a big deal. Um, just before Moses' death he said uh, at your feet Israel will bow down and the writer of Kings reminded Israel to him uh, to him who was speaking about God you shall bow down and to him offer sacrifices Psalmist says in reverence will I bow down towards your holy temple again not just like a out there charismatic thing that's a biblical thing so maybe some Sundays I will say hey guys if you're able to kneel if you can do that and you're in a physical place where you can do that Maybe let's kneel before the Lord. Maybe we'll do things like that. So, um, um, kneeling is, is a big deal in Scripture, along with bowing. Come, let us uh, bow down. Kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Worshiping with our hands. That's a big one. That's, a, that's one that a lot of people are like, I don't know, that's not necessarily for me. And um, maybe if you're a hands-in-the-pocket worshiper, uh, maybe reaching out to the Lord with your hands, you can spread your fingers out a little bit. <laughs> can be your first first, like, all right, I don't know, maybe I'm supposed to do this, God, but uh, I'm feeling weird, but you see it, right? (laughs) So, but Psalm 28 says, hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help, as I lift my hands toward your most holy place. Lamentations 2.19 says, arise, cry out in the night, pour out your heart like water in the presence of the Lord, lift up your hands to him for the lives of your children. Ugh! I love that one. For the lives of my baby girl. God, would you bless my baby girl's life as I'm worshiping you, as I'm singing to you. Would I reach to you. I need you. I need, I need your guidance for her. I need your guidance for my family. And so there's the ways we can reach out to God that way. Gang, there's so many different things here. Clapping. You know, we say, hey, let's clap our praise to the Lord. Some people are like, why do we clap in church? That should be saved for performances. Church is not a performance. And I go, Ugh, when I hear that. And I think, and scriptures, uh, and it gives me the opportunity to share a couple scriptures. Uh, Isaiah 55 says, You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Psalm 98 says, Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. So, like, all of creation is clapping their hands before the Lord. So we ought to be able to do the same thing. We ought to make a new association in church of what clapping means. Amen? lots of ways. <laughs> Charismatic over yeah, there. Yeah. So there's so many ways to connect with God through worship. I thought that would just be fun to share this morning, too, about how we connect with God, biblical, acceptable ways where we can, that God says, oh, I love that. And, and I'm, I'm so, I adore that when you, I adore it when you adore me.
3: And I think the thing is their engagement, right? And yeah. just worship that engages the heart. You know, this is a good segue to talk about our upcoming summer series. We've entitled it more than a song to talk about worship and how we as a congregation can grow as a worshiping body. That la- the the title, more than a song, is actually a lyric from a song that we've sung before here at Hopewell called "The Heart of Worship." And a while ago, probably. Yeah, yeah there's a there's a story behind that song though, and yep. and we thought it was good to share, and it really. Maybe a nice place to, to land the plane here.
0: Yeah, uh, Matt Redman wrote a lot of songs. We know um, uh, so many of his songs. He wrote uh, The Heart of Worship back in the 90s. At his church in England, at uh, Soul Survivor, Survivor Church where he was, uh, his pastor was feeling like they were in a dry season in worship. And they were in a season where worship was more about the band and the sound system and, and lights and things like that. And so he did a very brave thing and he removed the band and the sound system from the worship experience for a few months. Big deal. And um, when they finally, and, and in that period they sang cappella, they would sing and, and worship and here and there they, more people would start singing and worshiping and it became this different experience in worship at their church. So when they brought, they brought the sound system back it was Matt and the guitar and he says when the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart i'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required you know and so he goes on to say i'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you and this series that we're going to do is not a series where we're saying you're doing something wrong it's just a reminder to say hey you know what let's bring god more than a song let's forgive him our heart and just tell him it's all about him
3: And so we'll have uh, different songs we'll be, you know, singing together that reflect just wonderful themes that we see throughout Scripture. God's faithfulness, trusting the Lord in difficult times, the power of prayer, the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the the difference that Jesus's sacrifice makes for us, and on and on it goes. Because more than anything, we want to be a people of worship. We want to be a worshiping body. We get this glimpse revelation 4 revelation 5 and what's going on in heaven and i love what you said when we were talking about this week that what we do on sundays is like a sneak preview it's like a a trailer you know a movie trailer to to what awaits us in the glories of heaven and this gets to wet our appetites to see the lord anew and afresh when we worship together congregationally so we're going to pray and then we'll respond uh in worship so billy why don't you lead us out in prayer
0: Yeah, Missy, why don't you go ahead and come on out? We're going to get ready to close. Let's pray, gang. God, as we uh, consider this whole topic of worship, we consider all that you've done for us. You've revealed yourself. You've redeemed us. And so we respond. We respond with grateful hearts and thankful hearts with the tool of music that we're hearing right now in a way that we can connect with you in a way that uh, gives us the ability to meditate on you to just have a second where we go really deep and say, man, I don't deserve anything you've done for me, God, but you did it anyway. We come together for a perspective change on Sunday mornings. Our lives can be so much about us and our weeks and our to-dos. So God, may our perspective change today. May we have a perspective that thinks about how your great commandment teaches us to love you and to love others and how there's a real emptying of ourselves and all of that. May you find us emptying ourselves and responding to you for all you've done Mm. and all that you're doing and all that you've promised through your word. May you find us ascribing worth and giving you worship and telling and retelling your story and singing of your character with the way that we live and with the way that we do. May you become more and more famous because of it all, Lord. That's what we pray. Mm. And the church said together, Mm. amen. Praise the Lord.
4: The Lord is weak and humble Hear me. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, from the desire of being exalted, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, and from the desire of being approved. And Jesus, deliver me from the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering criticism, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of not being trusted. And Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others might be loved more than I, that others might be esteemed more than I, that in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should.
0: breath, praise the Lord. Praise him with stringed instruments. Praise him with the timbrel, which is the drum. Praise him with the cymbal, the clashing cymbal. Praise him with your voices. So let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. with it's all So glad you're here today friends I hope today has been a powerful day in your life a day that has helped you see God more clearly understand more what Jesus has done for you in your life and to know that the Holy Spirit continues to work in a powerful way in your life this God that's this mysterious three in one this great mystery I hope you it's a very powerful thing for you today hey uh, join us next week as we begin officially our series more than a song pastor Ken is going to be kicking off the first sermon with the song Holy Spirit, which a lot of us love. It's uh,
2: Holy Spirit, you are welcome here.
0: It's that one, and we'll be focusing on that, and we'll be singing that song and focusing on the work and the life of the Holy Spirit. So, God bless you guys, and thanks again for being here this week. Have an awesome day.